Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? I am just dandy, Adam. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, enjoying this week of this week of nice weather. You know, it's it's raining on rain on Wednesday, you know, raining a bit today. So it's kind of like you know, the temperatures are nice, though. You like you like to see that. You definitely do. Oh, I've I slept last night with my windows open. I had my fan on. It was perfect temperature in uh, in in my bedroom last night. It was just wonderful. Were you excited to talk about to move on to the AFC North? Uh, <laughs> well, some people might call it the um, the the hit piece t higgins hit piece episode the t higgins slander the t higgins slander yeah i mean i i could probably bet that we're going to be spending a lot of time on uh on mr uh t higgins i can imagine but first let's just hit on uh, some news um that's happened basically james white staying with new england on a one-year deal that gives a bit more clarity to the running back situation in New England. It's just so weird, though, because you have James White, you have Sonny Michelle, Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead still on the market. It's just, it's kind of like what we said um, last time, or not last time, but uh, two episodes ago when we were talking about the AFC. It's like the running back situation is a mess, a complete mess. Yeah, you could say that again. Um, but I think there is a, at least a sliver of clarity where you have three running backs instead of potentially four or five, where I think James White, you'll see him out there on passing downs. You know what you'll get with James White. He'll be a solid 60, 65 catch guy in, in, in PPR. He might get you some rushing upside if there are injuries to Damian Harris or Sonny Michelle, But yeah, I mean, he's he's a solid floor guy in PPR. He's not much more than that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this this Patriots offense is um, – it, it, it's like a, an unknown because, yeah, they have the flashy names with, with Hunter Henry and, and Jonu Smith, Cam, of course. But, I, I mean, do you really want to go in and, and invest in that and – I mean, we talked about it when we talked about the AFC East. This is just a team that, quite frankly, I, I want no part of. I mean, if I had to pick one guy, it would probably be Hunter Henry. Probably. I mean, I have Hunter Henry 11 on my tight end ranks versus John Smith, who's 15. So for what that's worth, I would I would probably take Hunter. That's fair. That, that's definitely fair. I mean, this is just, it, yeah. It's nice that he's not going to Tampa Bay. At least there's uh, Yeah, yeah. It's the only uh, silver lining for me. I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, they need to, well, Tampa Bay needs to get another running back because Leonard Fournette is a free agent, so. Yeah, but, you know, all things all things considered, um. You know, there's there's no guarantee that Leonard Fournette is going back to Tampa. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. That's Seattle. Why yeah, yeah, with Seattle signing Carson, you know, the the the, it's in the stars. 
pretty much that Leonard is going to go back to uh, Tampa Bay. But it's – is that the best situation that I think I want to go and invest in as far as Tampa Bay running backs? So if James White was in Tampa, then I could see something where, you know, there's some upside there. But, you know, as of as of now, he's back in, in New England, so his upside is a little bit hampered, but his floor is pretty safe. And then for Fournette, if he goes back to Tampa, and, and you could tell me he's given he's given consistent work as the number one guy, then I could then I could see a pathway for Leonard Fournette being a potential top twenty four running back. But you know, with the revolving door that is the Tampa Bay running back RB one, it's like it, it, it's just like eh, you know. Yeah, but we're gonna talk more about that in like a week and a half when we get to the the uh, NFC South. I am giddy with anticipation. I'm not. I, <laughs> I'll be flat out. I am not. Why? But, you, don't want to talk, you don't want to talk about Tom Brady? No. When have I ever, when have I ever wanted to talk about Tom Brady? If there was a great guy, if there was ever a, a scenario where I was, if I had like, if I was basically taken out back somewhere and replace, and there was a replacement version of me, like a replicant, like Blade Runner style. As soon as they say nice things about Tom Brady, that's how you know. That's how you would know that somebody that something was off. <laughs> that's how you know. Immediately, he's like, "Wait a minute, that's not right." I've never heard Adam say anything like that. You could say nice things about Tom Brady. It's all okay. No, the bad the bad man is out of your life. No, no, he's not. Yes, he is. Stop it. No. Stop it. It's okay. We to play him. We're playing him this year, which I'm sure you are absolutely looking forward to. I think it's at home. Thank God. Oh, so maybe you'll have a chance. Probably not, but maybe you'll have a chance. Hey, you never know. Schedule hasn't come out yet. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, speaking of the Jets, and speaking of quarterbacks, they didn't sign anybody, but uh, Joe Flacco, the elite Joe Flacco, elite there Joe Flacco. The elite Joe Flacco has uh, found his way to the elite bench of the Philadelphia Eagles to back up Jalen Hurts. That bench is elite. Joe Flacco, Nate Sudfeld. Christ almighty. Well, I mean, at least the good news is that it looks like Jalen Hurts is is definitely the starter. I mean, yeah, you don't trade away Carson Wentz and just be like, well, you know, maybe we're not, maybe we're just going to have like, we're going to pull up Browns and have three starting quarterbacks for the entire season. Hey, Howie Roseman is just the gift that keeps on giving. So you never know. Yeah. There have been, there have been crazier things that have happened in, uh, in Eagles land before. That is, that is pretty accurate. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a good depth signing for, for Philadelphia. And it gives us clarity that Jalen hurts is going to be the starter week one. So that's, Good news for all for all the people that are looking to draft Jalen Hurts, right? Which honestly shouldn't be many, but uh, I here we are. I, I disagree. I highly disagree. I don't want Jalen Hurts. Uh, me personally, I don't. But the rushing upside that he presents, he could definitely be like a poor man's Josh Allen, no doubt. Yeah, but I, I mean personally, I wouldn't do it this year. That's my thing. I would. Yeah, with this, with this, I, f I officially have Jalen Hurts as a top twelve quarterback. 
knowing that knowing that he's the starter, he's top twelve for me. Interesting. Yeah, That's I'll be I'll be taking I'll be taking him before I take Joe Burrow. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm well, gonna yeah. I, I, I should rephrase. I should rephrase. In a 10 team week, I you... think Jalen Hurts will go before Joe Burrow. Because I think okay. there are less questions with Hurts than there are with Burrow at this moment. But if Joe Burrow was healthy, I would take Burrow over Hurts, no doubt about it. But there's some questions as to whether or not Burrow will be ready to start the season. And, you know, when he does come back, will he be the same Burrow that we remember? So it's it's a question mark with with Burrow. But, you know, Jalen, for better or for worse, he gives you a solid floor with the rushing. He'll get you your rushing touchdowns, I'm sure. I think um, I would expect somewhere in the range of maybe over the course of a well, we don't know if it's going to be a 17 game or an 18 game season. That's that's a whole other well, uh, you mean a, a 16, whole other discussion. 16 or 17 games, you mean? Yeah. Well, no, well they're talking about potentially 18, 18 games. Yeah. Oh my god. This this shit again? Well, 18 weeks, 18 weeks and then 17 games. Okay. I was about to say. I'm like I did not see any anybody talking about 18 games. Because yeah, I thought that, that died 10 years ago. Yeah, 18, 10, 18 weeks is what I meant. Can you believe, by the way, it was 10 years since the uh, last lockout? Jesus. Yep. Wow. I am uh, – I, I officially do feel old now, Adam. Thank you. Me, Thank me you too. for that. I, I remember I, in – free agency was in like August or something that year or like late July. Yeah. And – it was like no, because I was at I was at uh, summer camp and all the counselors had internet, and they were telling us about all the all the deals because that was when the Eagles signed uh, Namdi Asmoa and Dominique Rogers Cromartie. I remember I remember that offseason because I remember I was on, I, I forget where I was, but I was looking at some free agency tracker. I was probably at the time, maybe fourteen, maybe, and they just got 14. LT. That, I don't know. Or no, that was uh, the year before. Yeah, no, it had. It, I had to have been thirteen or fourteen if it was ten years ago. Yep, had to have been. And I just remember that for a second, for a split second, I thought Dallas was about to get Namdi Asimov, and I was like, "Oh my God, we're about to, we're about to finally get a great corner." And two minutes later, Dallas out on Namdi Asimov, and then a second later, Philadelphia signs Namdi Asimov. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" But back to back to Jalen. When he when he started this year, he gave you a very very solid floor with the rushing yards. The problem was his completion percentage was all over the map. I mean, he was basically his average was around, and I would even say on the low end, around fifty percent. High end was probably around fifty three, fifty four. So if you can handle solid rushing upside. Going to be inconsistent with how he throws the ball, but should get you enough in terms of, of yardage. I mean, he he was solid enough for Philadelphia in his time as um, as the starter. I mean, overall, he was about a 1,000-yard passer, I believe, last year. But, I mean, if we're looking at the time 
when he was the starter for the Eagles. I mean, he had two 300 plus yard games against Arizona and Dallas. So, you know, he did pretty well against New Orleans. Yeah, he was okay against New Orleans. Uh, the rushing is where he really made his, his his money, but the passing, I mean, 17 for 30 for 167 yards, you know, that's that's kind of like meh, if, if if you ask me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like I, – I shouldn't say like because I don't, but I, I, I understand the appeal for people that want to go after Jalen Hurts and – I think that's another great guy where, you know, we've talked about on the show before pushing guys up and trying to really hype up their value. That I think is a guy that I am going to be all on the train for in terms of really saying, Oh yeah, I want Jalen hurts. I love Jalen hurts. Yada, 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 yada. And no, no, give me, I mean, I'll pull up my ranks and Jalen Hurts is actually 12 on Fantasy Pros also. He's 11 for me. Okay. He's okay. 11 for me. So I'm higher I'm higher than the consensus on on Jalen Hurts. Does it say um what his best rank on uh, Fantasy Pros is by any chance? His best rank is 8. Okay. All right. That's Would you put would you could you make a case for putting him high as high as 8? No. Cuz Justin Herbert is the 8th ranked quarterback on fantasy nope. pros nope no i have the only guy that i have i'm just trying to think about who the top the other guys would be for fantasy pros uh but the only other guy that i think i would i have jalen hurts 11 my 12th ranked guy is ryan Tannehill. so you want me to just read the top from like five to ten please five to so five to twelve five to twelve Mm-hmm. So uh, Dakota Rain Prescott is it? Would five. rather have him over Hertz. Um, number six, maybe we shouldn't talk about because it's uh, yeah. I'd rather have Deshaun Watson over Hertz as of now. Number seven is Aaron Rodgers. It, that's that's not even a discussion. No, it is not. Number eight is Justin Herbert. Rather like have Herbert. Before. Number nine is Russell Wilson. We'd rather have Wilson. Number 10 is Ryan Tannehill. We'd rather have Hurts. And number 11 is Tom Brady. Rather have Brady. Close. Close. Yeah. And I, I I, could see myself putting Hurts over Brady. I, I, I definitely could. Watch out. Somebody might cut that and you and play it out of context. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I might rank Hurts over Brady for this season. I might. I might. I don't know. Anyway, um, it's funny that you keep mentioning that you're gonna all these players you're gonna hype up. You're basically showing your cards to people that listen to this podcast that also happen to be in fantasy leagues with you. It's like, well, is Bird is Bird just blowing smoke for the sake of it, or does he actually like this guy? I'm not quite sure. Let's figure that out for for, for themselves. But my list, my listeners, my listeners. No, your listeners. What, what do you listeners. think this is? Well, you know, I could just leave. I've stuff to. I have other <laughs> stuff to do. I could just leave. Our listeners, thank you. Trust that I am shooting straight with them. My listeners, unbelievable. My listeners, it's ridiculous. <laughs> my listeners on my program. <laughs>
you know, we've known each other for a couple of years. And I'm Too long. <laughs> and I'm surprised that I'm surprised that you said something like that. Why are you surprised? No, I'm surprised that I'm I'm surprised. Oh, you're that, surprised that you are surprised. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not. I shouldn't be. No, you shouldn't be. All so right, Adam. Do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk to your listeners about what's going on for the rest of the program? Yes. Uh, Does that make so, you feel better? I gave. I, I fed you a bone. A little bit. A little bit. All right, Adam. Talk to talk to your listeners. Talk to your people. So. To, to my listeners of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. There you go. How'd that feel? I'm going to be talking to you about the AFC North, starting off with the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here. Bye. Uh, Birdsall, who's that? I, I, I've never never heard that name before in my life. I mean, this, this is the second program where I am the second favorite host. I mean, Jake is the favorite on the Basement Talk Podcast. And I would say that you are the favorite on this podcast, Adam, even though these are my listeners. Well, I appreciate the backhandedness of that compliment, but I still, I, I do appreciate it. I, you are the favorite. You are listen, the favorite. I'm the, I, you sound just like my sister. Well, Matt is my mother's favorite. So that's okay. Well, we, it's funny how that works because we think that each other is the favorite child. Interesting. I don't know how it is in your house. Oh no, Matt's favorite child, hundred percent. What one hundred percent? That that's like I that's that's not close. That's like that's like the worst kept secret of all time. <laughs> Whereas I my dad is supposed to be like neutral. My dad doesn't have a favorite. It's just whoever he doesn't hate. Oh, okay. He's always I, he's always fighting with somebody. There's well, always something. I guess it's like a different kind of situation of a favorite it's like a different kind of way to look at it because like i hate you the least thanks dad <laughs> that's true that's true but no with with with, with donna matt's a favorite 100 percent. fair enough but no 100%. Jay, and well yeah go ahead go ahead i think jay i mean jake's probably the favorite because he you know he's he's more quote-unquote famous because he has his I'm own more famous successful jets podcast but and i am bird he's very active on twitter and so he's very active on social media. Okay, so what I need to do, I need to just type out a hit piece on the Dallas Cowboys on Twitter and become famous? Yes. Ah, That's how everybody else does it. That's true. I see. Um, but, and the listeners can tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. They're probably going to say I'm wrong because nobody agrees with me. But every parent secretly has a favorite. Yeah. Hundred, 100%. They'll never admit it. Some are more transparent than others, but yes. I will. I, I will openly admit it. I you will want, flat out openly admit to my children who my favorite is. Do you really want like, like a uh, like a Cain and Abel situation, or Absolutely. like Edward the Third Monday? You're my favorite. Sarah Jean Tuesday. You're my favorite. Michael Wednesday. You're my favorite. We keep going on with the cycle. Well, that's the thing. I think. I thought what you were saying is like parents have a consistent favorite. Like no matter what, they have a child that's the favorite. Oh, yes, they do. It's yes, the same, do. I would, but it's I the same one. That. I wouldn't admit that. Oh. But I would I would play it on and say, oh, yeah, I just have, I have a favorite on different days. That's fair. Because I am, I am very even keel, Adam. Oh, yeah, totally. That is one of the only... 
that's one of your more more notable uh, characteristics is that you're very even keeled. Oh, is it? <laughs> is it now? Thank you so much. If you ask anybody to name one thing about uh, Ed Birdsall is that he is very even keeled. He doesn't. He's not very emotional. He doesn't yell. <laughs> he's just very chill. He's just a very chill guy. Oh, thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. I've ne- I I don't yell. I don't get it. I don't make rash decisions based on emotions. Never. No. I would never do such a thing. No. Never, ever. Anyway, let's go into the Baltimore Ravens, shall we? We've, we've delayed this long enough. Surely. So the Baltimore Ravens are, I mean, they're in the best position. Besides maybe the, the Bengals, um, they're in the best position of any team for a bounce back, for a bounce back season. In my mind, anyway, at least in in this division, the Ravens have made you know some really good free agent signings. Where you know they they signed Kevin Zeitler, who was released by the Giants. Who knows how good he's going to be um, going back to the AFC North? Uh, they re-signed Pernell McPhee, who was a big addition. Although they did le- let uh, Matthew Judon and Yannick Ngakwe leave in free agency, which is not great. But for the offense. It's interesting that they couldn't get Lamar Jackson that that free agent wide receiver. I think that's one that was probably one of their bigger moves, but at least there was more clarity in the running back room, which is why I think up to now and through through today we're going to be talking up J.K. Dobbins as a very solid running back option. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's a um, a a pretty good assumption, Adam. Um, but there is one thing that you said that. I was absolutely 100% going to say, and you hit the nail right on the head, which was that the Baltimore Ravens not getting Lamar Jackson, another receiver was probably the biggest failing on their part up to this point. And I use that word failing very loosely. I think Baltimore could be a spot for one of the later first round receivers in this draft, whether it is Rondale Moore or Rashad Bateman, or maybe Baltimore surprise everybody and do something that they never do, which is trade up and try and get their hands on Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, or maybe even Jamar Chase. I think Chase is probably going to be out of their range. So they're probably going to be looking at one of Smith or Waddle if they do decide to trade up. But they're still very solid receivers in the back end of the first round if that's the way that they decide to go. I, I really like Rondell Moore out of Purdue. I think he's a really, really good player, and I think he could really be a nice addition to that offense. So if the Ravens do draft a receiver, I think Rondell Moore would be the guy. So I think he fits exactly what they want. But Rashad Bateman as well could be another good fit there because he's a big-bodied receiver. And, you know, of course, they have uh, Hollywood Brown, but, you know, they need a bit of size there so and i doubt well, that's that. what they they wanted to try and get that with des bryant and and, and then that, kenny galladay right and kenny galladay but they, well, they actually uh, signed they des bryant so <laughs> that's true they actually did sign des bryant but throw, you can't throw up that x baby that's right you can't go into a season with marquise brown as your number one receiver marquise brown is I mean, maybe I'm in a glass house because Corey Davis is ranked 41 in fantasy pros on fantasy pros. But um, Marquise Brown is ranked 39 
out of the wide receivers and PPR and fantasy pros. You can't go for a playoff team. You can't go into the season with or with your number one receiver ranked so low from a fantasy perspective and expect to kind of succeed. I just uh, I just really think the Ravens need somebody, somebody else. Um, I mean, I, I me personally, I think thirty nine is a little low for for Hollywood. I have I have Hollywood at thirty four, so I'm a little higher than most are um, when it comes to Marquise Brown. But yeah, they they need a secondary option. I mean, they can't be relying on Willie Sneed and 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 Miles Boykin to be the secondary options for Hollywood. They need another receiver. They they definitely need another receiver. And, you know, if you can get one of those late round receivers in Baltimore, that would be a, uh, a good, uh, good start for them. But um, as for Lamar Jackson, I mean, you're not, you're not really worried about him. He's going to give you the elite rushing upside. Uh, he's going to be fine throwing the ball. Some games he's going to hurt you in other spots, but, I just feel like with his legs, it's it's just such a game changer when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson that can do what he does with his legs. And, you know, for me, that's enough to make him a top five quarterback for me at the position. Just the 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 ability that he has with his arm is a bit of a letdown. So that kind of hampers him a tiny bit. But yeah, top five option. You're going to draft him definitely as uh, as such with J.K. Dobbins. I mean, Adam, again, you, you nailed it right on the head. J.K. Dobbins is—he's one of my favorite picks this year. I, I, I'm going to want him in a lot of spots because this this team—he's got the perfect recipe for success. He is now in a two-headed backfield with Gus Edwards, which is good because you're getting you're getting rid of that mess that that was Mark Ingram and then you know that whole situation that was there. You have opportunity, which better part of last year he took advantage of that especially at the end of the year. And he has the most important thing in my book in fantasy football, which Adam is durability. Durability, but there's one more thing. Um, I don't know. Usage, volume, 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 volume. I guess sometimes I never know with you. Oh, it's, it's the number one thing. I, I preach it all the time. Volume, volume, volume. I've always, I've always heard you say that, um, you know, the, the best avail- the best ability is availability. That's also true. That is also true. Or durability. The most, the most important thing for me in fantasy is volume. Yes. And he's, he's gonna, he's gonna get that. So, uh, yeah. Do you mean J.K. Dobbins? He won't be. A won't be a top fifteen guy for me, but he's very close to that. I mean, he's you could be getting a value there if he if he is he's ranked now as a top twenty running back. Oh, I've had him at that all along. No, that's what I'm saying. You're getting it. You're he's ranked as a top twenty running back, and he has the potential to be really, really good. And you could be getting him as 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 a steal. Yeah, and I I had this question asked to me, and this is a great opportunity to talk about it. Just absolutely went, you know, boom, hit me right in the head. So I was, I was conversing with, with someone who is way more involved in this industry than, than I am. And has more experience in this industry than I am, than I have. And I, he asked me, cause I was talking to him about uh, 
about J.K. Dobbins, about Antonio Gibson, and about Cam Akers. And him and I both have Gibson and Akers as top 12 guys. But then I had to ask him and say, well, we have Gibson and Akers as top 12 guys. Why don't we have J.K. Dobbins as close to that? I mean, he has J.K. Dobbins as his 14th running back. I have J.K. Dobbins as my 16th. So we're kind of in the same range. But I literally said to him, I said, well, we're going off of this promise that Akers was great to end the year last year. Gibson was great from about the middle of the year onward. I could make an argument that out of those, out of the three guys, out of Gibson, Akers, and Dobbins, who's in the best position to produce for fantasy? I would probably say it's Dobbins. Really? I would say it's Cam Akers. Well, here's the thing. Akers is in a great position because that offense is going to be really, really good. But he's got a couple things working against him. Number one, he's got this Sean McVay committee, which you know is going to probably happen, where Terrell Henderson will get a run every now and again, and then that kind of hurts Cam Akers. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins has that with Gus Edwards too, but you know what kind of offense Baltimore wants to be. They want to be a run-first offense, whereas with Los Angeles, they want to pass the ball. They're set up to pass the ball, where you have you just spent a absolute shit ton of draft capital to go get Matt Stafford to bring him there. You have Robert Woods, you have Cooper Cup, and oh by the way, you now have Tyler Higby as the sole tight end in Los Angeles. Now that Gerald Everett just signed a contract with Seattle, so the Tyler Higby sleeper pick, I am loving a whole lot more. Just putting that out there. Whereas with Baltimore, you know they want to run the ball. You know that. And with Washington, you kind of know what they want, but there's something it depends on who the quarterback is, honestly. It 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 just depends on, on who the quarterback is for Washington. If it's if it's Heineke or if it's somebody else then I could be more on board and saying Gibson has the really high upside because that team can be really good. If it's Fitzpatrick, the team will be fine. They'll probably be a 9-10 win team regardless. But I just kind of worry about Gibson and his week-to-week upside because I, I wouldn't see him with Fitzpatrick. I wouldn't see him being a, a potential 20-plus carry guy on a weekly basis, like I could see with Dobbins and like I could potentially see with Akers. I I don't blame you for thinking about, the, for thinking about it that way. I, but I love, I love Gibson because pe- people now are going to say, Oh, but you don't like Gibson. No, no, no. I love Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, just to, to tie this all back to what we were talking about earlier, this is like picking your favorite child. Yeah. Yeah. But only, only one of these is my is my son though. It's true. Only one of these is my son. That's my that's my boy Cam. Yeah. Now ask me to pick who my favorite son is between Cam, Joe, Corey, and Hunter. I don't have an answer. What about Carry On? Have you disowned him? Oh yeah. That's like the that's like the redheaded stepchild now. That's unfortunate. It's very sad. It's very 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 sad. But I would she's... probably say as of as of today, out of 
Cam Akers, Corey Davis, Joe Mixon, and Hunter Henry, and carry on Johnson, the redhead stepchild. I would probably say that Cam Akers is my favorite right. as of right now. Let as the of record, right now, let the record that show. could change like the tide. Let the record show. That is what you're saying on today. That I have a favorite. Yes. On today, March 25th. Yes. Today, March 25th. I do have a favorite. All right. Um, let's move on to talking about Mark Andrews and we can go and talk about Cincinnati because that's good. Cincinnati is going to take a long time considering. Yeah, probably. Um, there's really much to talk about Mark Andrews. I mean, you know what you're going to get. He's going to be Lamar Jackson's first read. He's going to be the safety blanket. He's going to be a guy that gets you five to six catches every single week. And he'll probably get you seven plus touchdowns over the course of the year. So yeah, Mark Andrews, very safe. He's not in the upper echelon of tight ends, but he's probably the best of the rest after that. So yeah, Mark Andrews is a, um, is someone that I think if you, if you go ahead and draft, you are, you, you know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get from him. Is it weird that you just said basically his entire stat line from last year? He had 700, he had about 700 yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah. I know by Mark Andrews. Well, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to hit. He had 10 touchdowns in 2019. I don't know if he's going to, he's going to hit that necessarily. No, probably not. But this is this is a big year in, deter- in determining what his mean is. I would say I would say seven plus is probably where he where he would fall. Maybe maybe on the high end he would get nine. Yeah, because I mean his first year he was pretty anonymous. Uh, in twenty eighteen he had five hundred and fifty two yards and three touchdowns. Well, that was also because you know he was splitting time with uh, with Hayden. Right. Exactly. Hayden, Hayden Hurst. Hurst. Yeah before he got traded to to Atlanta and then he became the guy the guy well no that's not that's not true cuz he was the guy 2019 and Hayden right. Hurst only traded to Atlanta last year so well i mean whatever he i i still think he's probably you're probably going to be in for something i guess his floor would probably be like five like five or 600 yards five touchdowns about that I mean, if he were to get 505 or 605, probably a bust. Well, that's a I, I, yeah. You, you you need him to be at least 707 to justify where you're going to take him, which is probably going to be probably the fifth round because all these tight ends are just going to get pushed up because of the lack of tight ends that are going to be available. Well, yeah, but I think... Thank you, New England, by the way. Yeah, fuck... Or actually, fuck you, New England. For yeah, this and, For this and many other things. Breaking news coming from the Basin Talk Podcast Tennis Show. Yeah, Bob Caster here, who just said, and I quote, fuck the New England Patriots for that. And for lots of other things. This is not what you would expect out of an award-winning journalist who attended Hofstra University, has multiple degrees, is a member of the 1% getting daily emails from the Associated Press. The views of this host, this rogue host, do not reflect the views of the Basement Talk podcast family of podcasts. Thank you very much. See, you wouldn't expect it out of somebody like what you just said, but you would expect it out of a Jets fan. And he is also a Jets fan. Just want to point that out. 
that view is not expressed by the Basement Talk Podcast. Family Podcast. Thank you. Listen, two-thirds of the main hosts of the ba- of the Basement Talk Podcast Family Podcast are Jets fans. Who created the damn thing? We're still we are still a part of it. Yes, you are my underlings. Unbelievable. This is like the my listeners thing all over again. My listeners know what's good. Your listeners do not know what's good. <sighs> Whatever. Let's uh let's uh our listeners know what's good. Let's move on to the Bengals, shall we? We don't have to. We can do whatever we want. Well, I mean, it would be nice. So we hey, can you want to talk about the Godfather? <laughs> Again? <laughs> For 20 minutes? Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Normally, yes, but now, no. No. Okay. So, the Cincinnati Bengals... A lot of question marks surrounding this team. Mainly having to deal with the quarterback. I mean, is Joe Burrow going to be back for week one? Who knows at this point? I really hope so. If we're going by uh, Carson Wentz and his injury that happened around the same time. Listen, the stuff that happened after that. We're not going to talk. We're not going to touch. But as far as his return, was he back for week one? Or I don't think he yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. Car- oh, Carson he was? was? Yeah. I, no, he missed. He did miss. And I think that that's probably likely that he's going to miss time. I don't think he's going to be back for week one. And so that's the thing. Carson Wentz missed time to start the 2018 season. And people still said that they rushed him back from his knee from his knee injury. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be as careful as possible with Joe Burrow. I mean, when Deshaun Watson tore his ACL, it was in like what week eight. So yeah. at least he, he was back for week one because of the time, the time frame. but he had, he had, he had an extra month. Yeah. But for Joe Burrow, I mean, I think that he's going to be, he's probably going to be back by like week four. Week five, the Bengals are going to be treating this with kids glove with kid gloves. Because oh, probably. This is, this is their franchise quarterback here. Probably right. And I mean, how does that affect? That's the big question: is how does that affect um, the other Bengals that you're going to be drafting in fantasy when you know that you're going to be having either Brandon Allen or Kevin Hogan or whoever the fuck the Bengals bring back for their backup? You're going to have them starting for a couple of games while Joe Burrow uh, works his way back from his, uh, his knee injury. Well, it's not going to be Ryan Finley. Thank Christ. No, it is not. So now we talk about my son, Joe Mixon. Yeah. Well, actually you didn't even answer my question. Which, what was your question? How does that affect the Bengals that you're going to be drafting? Oh, uh, well, Hopefully by August you'll have an idea. If we don't, then they take a hit. But to be fair, in the limited starts that Brandon Allen did get last year after the Burrow injury, Brandon Allen did look good. I'll I'll, I'll give him credit. He he, he looked good. Uh, Tyler Boyd did not take much of a hit. 
T Higgins before his injury was very solid. So they'll take, they'll take a bit of a bump, but it's not going to be like a, a drastic, drastic fall off. I mean, the only guy maybe that I could think of that would definitely get hurt by this, but there are other reasons why I think he'll be hurt. And that's of course my, my son, Joe Mixon. Hurt in the literal sense. And the figurative sense as well. Yeah. Thank but, you. Thank you, Zach Taylor, piece of shit. Yeah, well. But I I I agree, honestly. I don't think that I think that Joe Mixon's such an interesting kind of it's an, an interesting conundrum where it's like you know that Joe Mixon's gonna be good, but it's like how many games is is he going to be good for? What just happened? Wow. We finally have some breaking news on this podcast. If only we were talking about the NFC North. Okay. Oh, if only we were talking about the NFC North. Shit. Is it that Amir Abdullah signed with the Vikings? No. Is that why is that what, that face that you just made? Nope. What happened? The Chicago Bears have yes signed. Oh. Damien Williams. Oh, God. As Jared would say, <clears throat> Damian Williams, a top 12 running back in all formats. He's a deep sleeper. Well, that is just terrible. Damian Williams and Cordero Patterson on the same team. Fun fact, in case you didn't know, deep sleeper originated from Jared. Yeah. The Basement Talk podcast by the man. That's true. That's fair. I hope over the last few days he's really been collecting his uh, his UV rays. For science. For science, yes, of course. For for research purposes. Anyway, I mean that oh boy, we could talk about that when we talk about the NFC North oh, on Tuesday. On Tuesday, we will be we will be talking about that. Yeah, because there's a lot to unpack with that. Yeah. Man Dave Montgomery, Damian Williams, and Tariq Cohen. Oh, oh, God, where's Benny? Where's Benny when you need him? Oh, well, the Chicago Bears correspondent, Benny Gable. Benny, anyway, why, do anyway. you, why is your team like this? Why? Why? Oh, I have another son, Alan Robinson. Yeah. Please, Chicago, trade Allen Robinson. Please, God. Free Allen Robinson. Free Allen Robinson 2021. Please, 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 please. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Joe Mixon again. Um, or we'll keep talking about Joe Mixon. I mean, I just I don't, don't even think... know what the, what the hell I was saying. I was just saying, like, where what's your where are you thinking about drafting and what's your strategy? Oh, oh yes. Okay. So there are there are two parties that are Joe Mixon. There's no middle ground. It's either you really love him or you really don't like him. And the people that don't like him are going to say that he's on a bad team. His offensive line sucks. His style he's of running prone. sucks. He's too, he's too patient. That offensive line is not good enough to just create mammoth holes for him, which are valid points, which are valid points. That offensive line is not good. But the guys, the people that love him, myself included, see a guy that is just so immensely talented and understand that 
you can get Joe Mixon an offensive line that can move holes for him. And it's going to take some adjusting from him as well because he just can't be this patient runner that Le'Veon Bell was because look at what happened when Le'Veon Bell was not with the same offensive line that operated for him and, and knew what his running style was all about. He completely cratered, completely and totally cratered. So, I mean, Joe Mixon, he's a guy that I think you'll be looking at in the third round, maybe late second round. And he's a bit risky. He, he, he's a bit risky because we've, we've gotten past the point where we're looking for Joe Mixon to really establish himself as, you know, a top, top dog. I, I think we're kind of past that. So he's one of those running backs with Sanders and Jacobs that carries a fair amount of risk. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that as far as fantasy pros is concerned, I mean, Joe Mixon is ranked as the 12th ranked, the 12th ranked running back. Miles Sanders is 13. And Josh Jacobs is all the way down at 17. Yeah, I have Joe Mixon at 14. Behind Ake, behind Akers and Gibson. Yeah. I'm just behind not Akers, comfortable. Akers and Gibson. I'm not comfortable having picking Joe Mixon as the as the RB12 at this not, point. Me neither. Me neither. I, I don't even think I'm comfortable picking him as the RB14. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the receivers kind of inspire a bit more confidence. I feel like, you know, unless you're drafting T. Higgins over Amari Cooper. Yeah, don't get me started. We're not there yet. I'd rather not. I'd rather you not, but we're not there yet. Um, I mean, the receivers are good, though, for Cincinnati. With with T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green isn't there anymore. He's in, he's in Arizona. But, Hallelujah. I mean... Still, though, the receivers are very good. Yeah. I mean, I by both Higgins and Boyd as top 30 receivers. I think they'll be very uh, serviceable, especially in PPR. But you cannot tell me that you're going to take T. Higgins over Amari Cooper, over Adam Thielen. Just, just no way. There's absolutely no way. Sorry. Like, that is, that is the epitome of stupidity. If people are going to go and do that, I mean, I'll be, I'll sit there. I'll just be like, I'll just be twiddling my thumbs. I'll be having a grand old time watching Amari Cooper just go closer and closer to me while someone else just goes on this, goes deep into the rabbit hole of promise by taking T Higgins at an ungodly price. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I agree. It, it is kind of ridiculous. I think, our reactions when that happened were just like, really? Spoke we're, we're, we're basically the same. Yeah. For once. Maybe. For once, yes. Our listeners can relate. Yes, our listeners can relate. I mean, I mean, do you want me to talk about Boyd or do you want me to talk about Higgins first? I can talk about, uh, I think. I'll talk about Boyd. Get Boyd out of the way. Okay. I was like, do I want to save Higgins for last? It's going to take a yes, long time. We're saving, we're saving Higgins for last before we move on to uh, to Cleveland. I think, you know, we, we, we kind of know at this point what we're going to get out of Tyler Boyd. I think that we'll probably see him get closer to the 140-odd targets that he got 
in 2019. Now that AJ Green is no longer there, it'll be an uptick for T Higgins. It'll be an uptick for Tyler Boyd as well. Cause you, you have to, when you're doing your overall analysis, right. And you're trying to figure out whether or not you like a guy and you're trying to figure out projections and, and, and things like that, you have to go and look at available targets that are going to, to be there. And when you look at the Cincinnati offense, there are 104 targets that are now available with the departure of AJ green. AJ green had 104 targets in the year of our Lord 2020. So you take 104 targets and you spread them out. Say you give Tyler Boyd another 30, 40 targets right then and there, he's getting up to 135 targets. You give T Higgins a little bit, a little bit of a boost. I'm not sure off the top of my head where, how many targets Higgins had last year. He had last year, he had 108 targets. So you give T Higgins another 30 targets. That's 138 targets right there. So that's 60 odd targets. And then you spread the, you spread the rest of the 45, whatever uh, around, say you give Joe Mixon 10, 15 more targets and that's 35 more that you could spread out between the lower end receivers. So that's a boost for, for the pass catchers in, in Cincinnati, but uh, Boyd, I like a lot. He'll be, he'll probably be a thousand yard guy again, if he can stay healthy. And if Joe Burrow is there and he'll be a solid pickup and he'll, he should outperform his value. Cause he, he's just someone that is just always, always underappreciated every single year and really just, just does fly under the radar. And this is a great example of that again, because now he's fighting off T Higgins who um, everybody seems to love. And for me, I am, I'm not taking him as a top 24 receiver. Lukewarm, I guess would be the word. I wouldn't even say lukewarm. I'm not taking him as a top 24 receiver. Just bottom line. I am not taking him as a top 24 receiver. No way. You're drafting him at his ceiling. You are not drafting him at his floor. Tyler Boyd, you are drafting at his floor where fantasy pros has him as the 28th. I think last I checked. No, it's true. Yeah. T Higgins is 24 and Tyler Boyd is 28. Huh? They have Higgins over Boyd. That's true. That is correct. They have Higgins over Boyd. Oh, what are we doing? Here's the crazy thing. The best the best best ranking for for T Higgins is 14 I got nothing yeah anyway nothing. i mean it should be interesting what are we doing as an industry adam i don't know i don't know i do have a theory about cincinnati though for the receivers i think they're going to they're going to get somebody in the draft they're going to draft oh, another because uh john ross signed up to uh, team up with Kenny Galladay and the and the Giants. And oh my God! What happened now? I'm sorry, I'm having an emotional breakdown as you can't as as you could see. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are not going to resign Alden Smith. Why? Why? He was our best defensive in... player last year. Oh, I I I I. I Bird, I've never seen this before. Notoriously even keeled Ed Birdsall. I've never seen this before. Adam, shut the fuck up. It's a serious <laughs> situation. I'm aware. Oh my God. See, this is what happens. We talk about T. Higgins and bad things happen. 
This should be a sign. All right, then let's move on to the bang to the. Uh, no, to we're the... not done. We're we're not done talking about Mr. T. Higgins. We're not done. Oh boy. I want everyone to listen very closely to me. They won't move on out of my promise. I feel like I'm being strapped in a chair from Clockwork Orange. <laughs> You're not. I promise. <laughs> I want everyone to listen to me very, very closely. You know I love our listeners very, very much. We appreciate you tuning into this podcast all the time and, and listening to us go on rants and have our funny moments and laugh together. That's what we do. I'm not laughing right now. I'm being very serious with all of you. I'm looking, talking to you directly. If you take T. Higgins as a top 24 receiver in your drafts, you will disappoint me. You will disappoint me. You will break my heart if you take T. Higgins as a top 24 receiver. Please, for the love of Christ, don't take T. Higgins as a top 24 receiver. He is not that. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Let's head over to Cleveland. Cleveland! This is for you! That's right. Oh man, I missed. We're on a Cincinnati. You missed. You missed your opportunity. Sorry, I you missed to, it, but I have to say it now. Better luck next year. Shit. <laughs> or week one. Or week one. We're on a Cincinnati. Or no week. I could say it during the draft when Cincinnati makes their pick. Cincinnati is on the clock. We're on a Cincinnati. You're on to Cincinnati. Okay, so Cleveland, um, all their free agent signings, crazy enough, have been on the defensive side. I mean, they made it pretty. They made it to the uh, to the divisional round. So I mean, I guess they're just they like, well, much we're, offensively. we're we're good. So they signed they signed John Johnson the third. Yeah, big get for them. Big big uh, big get because their safeties were diabolical last year. Yeah, um, they signed Tack McKinley yep. uh, to approve a deal. Uh, they signed Troy Hill, mm-hmm. digging deep into that uh, L.A. Rams well. And they signed they signed Anthony Walker. They, they want to be signed, L.A. Midwest. Yeah, right. And then they signed Super Bowl MVP, a former Super Bowl MVP, Malcolm Smith. Mm-hmm. And Blake Jackson. So yeah, for the for the Cleveland Browns, I mean, w- you can kind of expect the same kind of deal as last year. They they haven't really changed much on offense. It's going to be Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield. Also, um, you know, there are these rumors surrounding Odo Beckham, which who knows about that the only two the people the only two people that really know what's going on with Odell Beckham are Odell Beckham Jr. and God that is that is true and then um you also have the very um streaky Jarvis Landry yeah 
That's a fair way to put it. Uh, Baker, you're only going to draft him in two quarterback leagues. I don't think you're going to draft him in uh, one quarterback, unless, of course, it's, it's super, super deep. Then, yes, of course, you'll draft Baker. But in 10-team leagues, you're not going to draft Baker. 12-team leagues, I could I could see it if you like the upside that he presents. Then, yeah, then you could definitely go and take Baker. Uh, Chubb and Hunt. Um, I love Nick Chubb. I will be flat out. I love Nick Chubb. It is taking every fiber of my being to not put Nick Chubb ahead of Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. And I really? think I might. I think I might. Yeah. Actually, yes, I'm going to. I'm I'm going to put Nick Chubb over Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley. Okay. So he'll, think- be, he'll, be, he'll be my seventh running back. That's so weird. It's such a weird situation that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are basically the exceptions to the rule for committees. Yeah. Well, that's because Cleveland runs the ball so much. It's true. They do. They run the ball so much. So they're, they're able to be efficient when they get on the field. And that offensive line they have is great. They have a great offensive line. Yeah. Well, and they're, and they're both great. I mean, let's, let's be fair too. I mean, Kareem Hunt is, is really, really good at what he does. And Nick Chubb is probably, yeah, he, he's probably the best running back in the NFL that nobody talks about. Oh, yeah, definitely. Nobody nobody talks about Nick Chubb. No, it's true, though. And everyone everyone talks about uh, Derrick Henry. Everyone talks about Dalvin Cook. Everyone talks about Kamara, McCaffrey, uh, Saquon Barkley. Nobody, nobody talks about Chubb. Nick Chubb just keeps his head down and does what he does. And yeah. He's, he's very good. He's very, very good. And I, I mean, I'm taking Nick Chubb. He's a first round pick for me. And I mean, I would even say if you could pull this off and you could get Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb, you protect yourself. You protect yourself. And you know that you have two very good options at running back. The problem is, you know, you're you're gonna be kicking yourself more times than not when you're starting Nick Chubb and you see Kareem Hunt getting 10 touches a game. And one of those touches happens to be a touchdown that Nick Chubb doesn't get. So you'll be kicking yourself in frustration over that for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the hardest, the hardest handcuff to possibly get in fantasy football is getting Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Because they both have standalone value. I think we do have one bit of uh, small breaking news. The Jaguars have signed a quarterback, CJ Beathard. Okay. Yes. Gardner Minshew could be traded. They're expected to sign C.J. Beathard, according to your boy, Ian Rappaport. Ian, my friend. Yes. Like him. I like him a lot. Great guy. Great guy. He's a, he's a, he's a close confidant of mine. Yep. Um, yeah, and then for, for the receivers, the I was hot. We, I think we were... Well, maybe me. Maybe it was just me. I was very high on the receivers go, heading into the season. Yeah, but, it was just you. Yeah, well, it was just me. But uh, just the fact that this offense is so run heavy, I'm definitely not as high on on other Beckham and Jarvis Landry heading into this year. I, I think it just depends on where you're where you're going to get them. Uh, honestly, um, you know, if you're going to say to me that you're taking Jarvis Landry as a top forty guy. I think that's fine, which he is. I mean, if you're going to take if you're going to take Odell Beckham as 
a top 25 guy, I would say no. He's a no, top no, no, 30 no. receiver, according to Fantasy Pros. He is 29. That's about, that's about where I would take him. Yeah. But where I would take him. But he he's going to be overdrafted because he's a name value. He is a big name, and people are going to see him, and they're going to want to draft him. I'll say this. Well, that's ta- that's a know your room kind of deal. If you're that's a know your room kind of deal, it, it, exactly right. I would say this. In drafts where I know that my draft room knows what they're doing, I'll target Odell. But in drafts where I'm just drafting with people that are, you know, having there for fun or having a great time, you know, they don't really pay close attention. They're just going to draft anybody whose name really pops off. I won't target Odell because I know he'll go way, way earlier than where I would I would take him. Yeah, I don't want to get we're not gatekeeping for fantasy football, but, you know, just you have to know your room. You, you have to yeah. know the experience level of your drafters. And also, if you're in New York or New Jersey, you got to know that Giants fans love Odo Beckham Jr. Yeah, that's debatable. Well, some of them That's do. debatable. At least they, they were like, oh, well, we could, we could draft Odo Beckham Jr. That's great. That, that Giants bias will come in, will come in the, uh, the flavor of Kenny Galladay. So. Oh, yeah. Well, that and Saquon Barkley and Daniel true. Jones. Very true. And then for the tight ends, I mean, you know, Austin Hooper is is serviceable. He's very he's pretty good. But yeah. he's just like a guy with all the with with the shallowness, even with the shallowness of the tight end market, he's just like he's just a guy. He is just a guy. Honestly, he is. And um I just this whole Cleveland offense outside of the running backs, I don't know. It's not it's not one that I want to just go crazy with, honestly. I don't blame you. I, w- I would not blame you in the slightest. Because, I mean, aside, like you said, outside of, the running back, outside of the running back situation, the offense doesn't inspire confidence. I mean, who knows? Because the past two years – the a, a number one receiver on the Browns has been play, said that he was playing with an injury for the entire year. Yep. Otto Beckham had a hernia. How the fuck do you play football for an entire year with a hernia? I give him credit. I give him credit. Good for him, but Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then that Jarvis is Spain yeah. without the S. Yeah. And Jarvis Landry with with the hip issue. Yeah. So who knows the health of Odo Beckham and or Jarvis Landry and also just, you know, volume, volume, volume. That's what it is, is you, you can't guarantee their volume like you can guarantee the volume with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I would love Odell more if he got traded. To a team with a more pass-happy offense. Yeah. And to a team that's not Tampa. Oh, God, please, no. That would just be – that would be a mess. That would be an absolute mess. Oh, God, please, no. That would not be good. No, no, not at all. I would I would love to see him in Dallas. That would be awesome. That would just be weird. That Odell would be, Beckham that, as a cowboy? That, that would be, be so weird. That would be so weird. Michael Gallup for Odell Beckham? Who says no? One for one. 
Well, it'd probably be draft picks, so shit. But who says no? Probably Cleveland. Yeah, probably Cleveland. Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past Jerry Jones to say no. Also, well, asses and seats, Adam. I'm aware. I knew you were going to say that. Odo Beckham Jr. is the is the immaculate asses and seats move. It's true. It is very, very, very true. Okay. Um, moving on to Pittsburgh. Oh boy, Pittsburgh's gonna suck for the yeah. second half of next season because they're gonna be really good for the first half and then they're gonna suck. That's pretty much exactly what I was gonna say. If you need a starter for the first like five weeks of the year, Big Ben is probably your guy. Yeah, and then until and then the weather changes, and then you're not touching Big Ben. I mean. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. I just, why is Big Ben still here? Probably because Pittsburgh is not in a position to draft a quarterback. They have to sooner rather than later. They, I mean, Mason they, Rudolph they have is, to. Mason Rudolph is serviceable. I'm sorry. Compared to Big Ben, when would you rather have Big Ben when it's cold out, or would you rather have Mason Rudolph? Big Ben, when it's cold out. Big Ben, really. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my, no way. There's a difference. Big Ben is good. Mason Rudolph is not good. Big Ben when he's not good is better than Mason Rudolph when he's good. That's ridiculous. How is that ridiculous? Big Ben when he's not good has a noodle arm. At least Mason Rudolph when he's good can throw the ball consistently. Really? Consistently? Or you want to say consistently? Maybe I do. And I would say you are consistently insane. That might that might also be true. I don't know. It, just just stay away from the from the Steelers quarterbacks. That's invest what, in this invest in Big Ben for the first quarter of the season, please. He'll be fine. And then, the, and then that's it. Just you um, better have a backup plan. Yeah. And for the running backs, I mean James Conner. Who who knows with James Conner? Who knows he's even going to be back there? Well, that's the thing. I mean, he's a free agent. Um, it seemed it seemed like they weren't too, you know, keen on bringing James Conner back. Yep. So I guess it's going to be Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels or Anthony McFarland. Yeah. I mean, out of out of the three, I like McFarland the best. But I just at this point I kind of hope they do bring back Connor just on a one year deal. Yeah, I mean it's still going to be a committee though. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna you're not investing in a Steelers backfield. No way. Yep. Not 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 a chance. Um, there's also for the wide receivers you have Chase Claypool who apparently got into a bar fight. I think. Couple mm-hmm. on uh on was it on Tuesday Wednesday, yeah, it was early in the week. Yeah, great look, great look great for look. Mr. TikTok. Yeah, um, Mr. Chase, Mr. TikTok Junior. Uh, Chase Claypool's here. Uh, they brought back Juju on a prove it deal on a one year. Basically, no, I don't know. Is it like a prove it deal? It's a, it's a one year deal. He Juju can you know do well. It's a prove it deal. 
potentially and then go back into free agency and then they have Deontay Johnson. It's a prove that you are a decent human being deal. Don't be a fucking you are not Mr. uh, not Mr. Corvette Corvette. It's a don't be a fucking idiot deal. Don't be a TikTok. Don't 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 do the TikTok. God, do we sound curmudgeonly or what? No, I don't think we sound curmudgeonly. I think we just sound old fashioned. Don't don't do the TikTok. Don't do it. Stay stay away from the TikTok, please. Thank you. So yeah, I think that if there's any position group besides Eric Ebron, of course, that you should be investing in in Pittsburgh, it's the receivers. I like Claypool the best. I think a lot of people would agree with you. Because he's not going to be as expensive as Juju or Deontay Johnson. I mean, people are taking Deontay Johnson as a top 20 receiver, which I think is just, that's laughable to me. That might that might be worse than T. Higgins as a top 24 receiver. That might be. He's Deontay Johnson's 21 on Fantasy Pros. Okay, that's even worse. Yeah, it's even worse. And Chase Claypool is 36. I would... That is an incredible value for Chase Claypool. That's easy. Yeah, I would take Claypool as the wide receiver 36 over Johnson as the wide receiver 21. That's, yeah, that's that's not close. No, that's not close for me either. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just, there isn't really much to say about it other than, you know, Chase Claypool is the guy. Don't overdraft Deontay Johnson and... Juju is going to get overdrafted based on name value. Yeah, yeah, he will be. On specu- well, name value and speculation, because people we are like, well, I think that Juju is going to have a good season next year. He's, he's going to bounce back. He's going to be – he's a good receiver. Well, Juju quietly had a really good year last year. But the problem is, is that you're dealing with a three-headed monster. And you're dealing with Big Ben, whose arm is going to be shot come November. So – I mean, yeah, it's a risk. It, it's a risk. It was actually, it wasn't bad. It really wasn't. He he didn't hit a thousand yards, but he still he did get nine touchdowns. Yeah, no, he was quietly very good. I can't I can't hold that against him. Yeah, that's probably the only thing Juju Smith-Schuster does quietly. True, very true. And then the the, the tight ends, Ebron. Nah, I don't have him as a top fifteen tight end, so not really much to talk about there. And um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. All right. Um, next week on Tuesday, we're going to be talking about the NFC North, which just got a bit more exciting. My son, my two sons in the NFC North. Yeah, it's it's going to be a bloodbath. Allen um, Robinson at Devontae Adams. And carry on, and your redheaded stepchild. And the redheaded stepchild, carry on. Yep. Carry on my wayward son. Of course. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. A wonderful rendition of that song. <laughs> Thank you so much. Kansas is alive and well. By Mr. Birdsaw. <laughs> anyway. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only the Fantasy Show, but also the Basement Talk Podcast, the Quizvitational, you know, the debate as well. 
And um, whenever Jake's new show comes out, um, I think you said next week. This weekend. This weekend? This weekend, yep. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, basically wherever you get your podcasts, besides Stitcher, apparently, um, that you can find the Basement Talk podcast. Every episode. We'll get it on Stitcher. Eventually. But you can find it there wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Castro, and we'll talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye. Bye.